Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Slow down to speed up. Are you a creative or business person who's just plain tired of spinning your wheels, running in circles, trying to make progress in your career? This is the podcast that will change all of that. We're talking about strategies and techniques you can use to achieve more by working better and more effectively so you can reach your goals faster without having to work harder. I'm Gordon Firemark, and this is more better faster rush 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 get it done get it done get it out make that money earn that living we're always under that pressure to perform that pressure to deliver that pressure to earn so we race 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 around doing just trying to keep up with all those day-to-day tasks that keep us super busy but not super productive Welcome back to another episode of More Better Faster. I'm Gordon, and today we are talking about slowing down to speed up. That's right, slowing down. You know, busy has become a sort of badge of honor. Hey, how you been doing? I'm great. I've been busy. What's new? Oh, I've been so busy. But busy and successful aren't the same thing. Busy and fulfilled are not the same thing. Busy and happy are not the same thing. So why do we celebrate being busy? It seems like it's the answer. Every time you encounter somebody, hey, what's new? What have you been up to? How are things going? Oh, you know, what's how's life? It's always busy, busy, busy. So we celebrate it. Anyway, if you want to achieve more, better, faster, sometimes you have to slow down first. You have to slow down to plan and think. You can't just keep accelerating. You can't just step on the gas and expect to get where you want to go if you don't first figure out where that is, if you don't plan out your trip. Life and business are much the same in this regard. Whatever your goal, whatever it is, you've got to slow down, think it out, plan your steps, figure out what you're going to do to get there. Then you can turn the key, start the ignition, hit the gas, and get going. Ever seen a kid open up a Christmas present, a toy of some sort, and start to play with it, and then they get frustrated because he or she doesn't quite know how to make it work? Yeah, you got to open up the directions. You got to read those and know the right sequence of how to make it work and do the things you want it to do. You got to have the supplies ready and what have you. You got to put the batteries in it and turn it on and whatever, you know, those kinds of things. And this applies to work and business, and play, and everything. Sure, spontaneity is nice, but taking the time to plan things out will give you the freedom to speed up once you get going. And there's less stopping and going back to undo or fix things, and fewer missteps, and and that, that intensity of focus can grow and build, but you do also have to stop every once in a while and regroup and check out your progress and see if you're still on track and adjust course accordingly and those kinds of things. So slow down, take the time to plan and think. And you have to slow down to learn. Sometimes you've got to learn new knowledge or develop new skills so you can do the things that you want to uh, faster and better and bigger. So doesn't it just make sense to take the time to do that before you try to race to that finish line? 
Now, you know, one of the keys to productivity is only doing the tasks in your business or your work or whatever or your career that only you can do. But so often, especially for those of us who are fiercely independent, lone wolf types, we, we get caught up in doing all the things. And we find ourselves spending huge chunks of our time working on the little things way below our pay grade. And sometimes we're doing that because we want to save money. We, we can't afford or we feel we can't afford to pay somebody else to do that thing for us. But in fact, I submit that oftentimes you can't afford not to because you're wasting your energy, your high-level thinking, your your high-pay-grade activity by tying up your time. So the best productivity tip I ever got was to follow a simple acronym, DADO, D-A-D-O. Any task that needs to be done goes into one of these four buckets, D-A-D-O, delegate, automate, uh, delete, automate, delegate, do, sorry, delete, automate, delegate, or do. Oh, that's D-A-D-D, sorry. Any task that needs to be done goes into one of these buckets. And it's not important if it's not urgent and doesn't absolutely need to be done, it goes in that delete bucket, the trash. If it's necessary and something that is the same every time, then automate it. You only worry then about improving the automation from time to time. The inputs and the outputs just happen and you're freed up from the task. And if it needs a person, but not your specific skill set, knowledge, wisdom, creativity, or whatever, then delegate that sucker. And that leaves the tasks that only you can do, those high-level, high-income-generating activities. But implementing this system will mean you have to slow down a bit at first. Now, setting up automations is one of the smartest things you can do to increase your productivity. But doing it does take some time and effort, and that's time away from the delivering, doing, performing that you are used to doing. That means you're going to slow your progress on those things. But automating really pays off. So take the time to figure out what things in your life are repetitive and the same every single time or close enough to the same that you can automate them. Identify all the little steps and figure out the system, the method, the tools, the software, and take the time out to set up the automation once and for all so you can move on and not have to worry about it. Delegating is a recognition that you can't do everything yourself. You're going to need help. And that means bringing people onto the team in one way or another. Maybe it's partners or staff or employees or hiring vendors or freelancers, whatever. But just bringing them on isn't enough. You're going to have to slow down to train your team. You can't expect them to know how to do the things you need done the way you need them done. Now, sure, you hire for people with skills and knowledge and experience, but ultimately, they're going to need some training, and that's going to take some time. Again, time away from you doing the the output kinds of stuff, and it sometimes takes experimentation, and there's going to be some false starts and things like that. So you, the leader, are going to have to stop what you're doing to figure out what needs to be done, figure out the methods, the processes, the systems, and document them. And teach the team members. And there are strategies for doing this where it doesn't mean you have to sit down and do all of this yourself. Bring that person on and have them follow you through the process the first time. Have them do the process with you watching and supervising the next time. Have them document what they've done and then have them train the others. Right? And But but 
your job is to figure it out, figure out what needs to be done and how to do it, document that for them or, or bring someone on to help you document it, teach the team members what to do. And then you're just monitoring the progress and updating that training and polishing, you know, fine tuning the machine. And yes, all of that is time you won't be spending on doing, performing, delivering, and yeah, earning. You may see a dip in revenue while you take the time to do this and, and, and team up. So, you, so at the, I, I get it. It's challenging because at the same time as you're doing this and experiencing that dip in revenue, you've brought on team that you have to pay, right? But once you've done it, you will see a leap forward in productivity, a leap forward in earnings, and things will start going faster than they ever could have if you hadn't taken the time out to do that building, right? You got to build the machine so it can work for you. Otherwise, you keep hammering away at the task without the machine. <laughs> so it's a catch-22. Now, you also have to slow down and relax just to find your flow. The great thing is that once you've given yourself permission to slow down so you can automate, so you can delegate, you free up your own valuable time to do this high-level work in your business, in your career, in your life. And what I've found is that often this high-level stuff doesn't even look like work. Relaxing, which I talked about in the last episode, episode 44, is sometimes the most productive thing you can do. It lets your brain process things. It lets you find the natural energetic flow that will carry you along and build momentum. This is when you speed up your progress toward your goals. But interestingly, you're not speeding up the pace of your work. You're just taking longer strides, moving faster toward it, toward those goals. So you got to slow down to do better quality. You ever tried to race through a task against a tight deadline and then afterwards you sort of disappointed with the quality of the work you've done? Sure, some things can be done fast and well enough to get by, especially the things that are automated or delegated. You, you know, they, they're systems in place and those things can speed up sometimes. And they're done well enough to get by and nobody notices and nobody cares. But when you encounter the things that do matter, they require a level of attention to detail, precision, creativity, and that stuff suffers when things are rushed. Slowing down helps ensure a higher quality level and higher quality commands higher prices. That gets you, it can also get you more work and that gets you faster results. So when I say more, better, faster, the title of the show, I am not saying do more or do it faster because when you do better, even if it means slowing down, you'll accomplish more. And you'll get that achievement faster than if you rush through with mediocre work. So slow down to speed up. Slow down to foster your creativity. Have you ever noticed that you're more likely to encounter blocks like writer's block or artistic stuckness or other kinds of blockages to that energetic flow when you're rushing through things and you're up against a deadline and so on? Well, slowing down and giving yourself some margin allows your mind and creativity to wander and find that flow. And then, bang, your creativity can come out of the gate like a thoroughbred. So slow down so you can speed up. I talk about that flow. We've all been there, right? You've been in that zone where things just start to happen and you lose track of time and you, the momentum carries you forward and all that. That's what we're looking for. So if you create that margin by automating and delegating and allowing yourself the time for thinking and creativity and just just mulling things over, meditating, whatever it is, you will see that you find your way into that flow. The wind is at your back and pushing you along and you're being taken uh, with the current of things. That flow is tremendously valuable and important. And it's a wonderful feeling when you're in it, 
right? Okay. So how do you slow down? How do you do this? Well, let me share a few tips on what I would suggest, how to actually slow down so you can speed up. First off, be selective about what you say yes to. Stop taking every single opportunity or job or assignment just because it's there, because even because you need the money. Being overloaded and overwhelmed with things to do keeps you hustling, but not necessarily moving forward. So ask yourself, for each opportunity that comes your way, each task that's offered to you, does this move me forward toward my goals? Ask yourself, does this have an impact on my life or the lives of others that are important to me? And ask yourself, what am I saying no to if I say yes to this? Because there's always that trade-off, right? Then prioritize things. Consider using something like the Eisenhower Matrix. You place each of your tasks on two axes, importance and urgency. So you've got this, this sort of grid. Tasks that are most important and most urgent get handled first. The less urgent but still important get handled next. Then the less important but still urgent And lastly, those unimportant and non-urgent tasks, they may fall off because they've gotten handled by somebody else or they don't matter anymore, so they may never even need to get handled. But if you've got the time and the bandwidth to do it, then you can choose to or not. You can delete them. You can automate them, delegate them. Delete, automate, delegate, do. Use that framework whenever possible, but it will mean slowing down to get those automations and get the delegation team in place. Next up, I say manage expectations. Give yourself that margin that I talked about. Don't agree to unreasonable timelines and try to under-promise and over-deliver. When you're dealing with other people and doing jobs for other people, they will understand that you've got stuff going on. They will understand. And if they have a giant rush, then that gives you an opportunity to have a conversation about either the value of what you're doing or the pricing or you know the timelines and so on. If you under-promise when it will be ready, and then it's ready a day early, you look good. Likewise, if you promise a certain level of something and you give more, you look great. By contrast, if you if you fail to meet what you promise, then you look bad, right? And that's the antithesis of what we're talking about here. So under-promise and over-deliver, both on, with respect to timelines, with respect to deliverables, quality, all those things. Next up, I say schedule some downtime and guard it like your life depends on it because it does. Give yourself boundaries. I am not working on Sundays. I'm not working after 7 p.m., whatever it is, whatever your your boundaries are. But have that downtime built in and, and protect it, you know, like it's important because it really, really is. And then take the time for pondering for creativity, for thinking, whatever it is you need, whatever recharges your batteries, whatever gets you going, whatever helps you find that flow, make sure you allow yourself the opportunity for that. Take some time out to sharpen your tools, figuratively speaking, of course, well, and really, you know, if you're a sculptor, you need sharp chisels, right? If your chisels are dull, it's going to make your work harder and more dangerous. So you sharpen your tools. Likewise, if you need to sharpen your tools in your brain or your creativity, take a, take a class if you need to take, you know, to, to keep your, your tools going, right? Take time to clean and maintain your machinery again, both literally and figuratively. 
and take time to retool the factory. That's that automation and building up the delegation. And then when it's back up and running, it'll do more. It'll do it better. And it'll get you results faster. And that's it for this episode. I am Gordon Firemark. I'll be back again next week. See you then. Hey, Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah. I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. Hey! 